So thankful that you've chosen to be here tonight. We're thankful that uh, for the opportunity we've had to worship, any opportunity we have to be here to worship. <clears throat> hope you had a good afternoon. I uh, hope you were able to enjoy uh, the good weather we've had outside this weekend, and we uh, look forward to uh, another great week uh, this week. We hope you plan on sticking around for working for the Master. I uh, got here a little earlier this afternoon, not sure what we're having to eat, but it, the smell of it wandered down the hallway and smelled pretty good, so I'm uh, try to keep things quick tonight so we can get down there and enjoy some good fellowship, but we're hoping you plan on uh, sticking around. We're always glad if you're here visiting with us. Uh, we usually don't make a, a point to point out specific visitors, but we do have one specific visitor that's trying to uh, hide in the back of the room. We're glad to see him back in the building. I know he's excited to be back in the building a little bit more regularly uh, as we are uh, as well, but we're glad to see uh, John here tonight. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Contentment. <clears throat> what does it mean to be content? What does it take for us to be content, to say we have full contentment. What does that mean in our lives? I think we understand that term, and we understand the term to mean to satisfaction, to be satisfied with where we're at. And I think when you read 1 Timothy chapter 6, you agree with the point that, yes, contentment should be something that we strive for. Well, then we teach our children in school and to strive to be the very best that they can be and to gain as much as we can possibly gain and all and things like that. And so there's a fine line between what am I content with and what am I satisfied with and what do I aim to do in the future? Could you imagine going into a job interview and the, the person doing the interview saying, What's your, what are your five-year goals? What's your plan for the next five years? And you answer the question in the interview with, I think I'm pretty content with where I'm at. I think I'm satisfied. I don't, I don't think I want to go gain any more than what I have now. I think I'm satisfied with where I'm at. Well, that's not the answer we're trained to give to that question, right? And so tonight I want us to look at contentment and satisfaction and understand where that comes from because you skip down to verse 17 of that same chapter and Paul tells Timothy here, says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain things, but in the living God who gives us richly all things. And in the New King James Version, it tells us why he gives us these things. He says, the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. We have things. It's nothing, there's nothing wrong with having things. There's nothing wrong with having goals, with having ambition, with having a desire to save for, for retirement or save for things that come up in the future. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with having you know, career goals. As you, you know, as you get out of school and you get a job and you train for that job and you know, in five years, this is where I want to be. Ten years, this is where I want to be. And I, I eventually want to be at this point in my career, my job. Nothing wrong with those things. What, when it becomes wrong and when it becomes an issue is when those things have us. And instead of us having and controlling those things. Because you look at verse 18, he says, 
referring to those who are rich, he said, but let them do good that they may be rich in what? In good works, ready to give, willing to share. Why do we have the things that we have? I think that we would all say we're all very blessed. I don't think anyone in here wondered where your next meal was coming from or you know we're blessed with a, a great meal that we're going to have this evening following our service uh, you know tomorrow morning when we get up we all have a closet full of clothes to put on to go to work to go to school to do whatever it is that we're going to do I think that we can all say that we are truly blessed but what I want us to focus on for the next few minutes is talking about stewardship and how we use the things that God has blessed us with. Because do, those, do, do we have those things, and we control those things, those blessings, or do those blessings control and have us in how we make decisions and how we live uh, our life? This morning, Joe talked about the temple that was being built, and he looked at 1 Kings chapter 8, and we looked, talked about Solomon's dedicating the temple and, uh, and how the temple was used, and we, we referenced that in, in the blessing that we have by having this building paid off and, and fully you know, the blessings that God has given us by, you know, in, in our congregation here over the last 10 to 12 years. If you follow through and you continue read through the Old Testament and you read through the history of the Jewish nation, you know that the, the kingdom was divided and the Babylonians took the Jews captive. Uh, in 586 BC, the Babylonians, uh, under the leadership of Nebuchadnezzar, destroyed that very temple that we read about this morning. And for years, the Jewish nation was under Babylonian captivity until... 536 BC when Zerubbabel led the Jews back to Jerusalem for the point of rebuilding this temple because during this Babylonian captivity they destroyed Jerusalem and, and as part of that destruction they destroyed the temple. And so as, the, as that uh, captivity was over, the Jews came back to Jerusalem, and one of the jobs that they were to do was to rebuild this temple. You can read the story in Ezra, chapters 1 through 5, about the Jews trying to rebuild this temple. And they start out by building it, and then they just get content. And they get satisfied and they understand that, you know, that they, they, maybe they don't need the temple in order to do what they, what they want to do. And in 516, after the Jews, they finally rebuilt the temple. And again, you can read that in the first five books of Ezra. But if you look at the prophet of Haggai, turn to Haggai chapter 2 with me just a second. It's kind of in the back of the Old Testament. We don't read from Haggai very often. But here you read about the prophet. This is one of the three prophets that comes and, and prophesies to the Jews post-exile or post-captivity, uh, uh, rather, from them. And he's talking to them about this delay of building, rebuilding the temple. And they've, they've because they, they started building it and then they stopped. And for several years, they thought, well, we can do this without the, this structure, without this physical structure of the temple. And if you notice in Haggai chapter 2, verse 18, Haggai is talking to the Jews as he's convincing them to rebuild this temple. And he says, consider now from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month. Well, what's today? Think about it a minute. 
24th day of the ninth month. Now, their calendar wasn't exactly like our calendar. Uh, they, this is led to believe that this is kind of around our time of November and December, but still, I think it was ironic to note here, the 24th day of the ninth month, he says, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Verse 19, is the seed still in the barn as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have not yielded fruit, but from this day forward, what does he say? I will bless you. From this day forward, the 24th day of our ninth month, here we live in a time when we have all that we need to worship God. We have a building that's beautiful, that's air-conditioned when it's hot outside, it's heated when it's cold outside. We have you know, ample places for fellowship meals, for Bible classes, for meetings, for weddings, for funerals, for everything that we have need. Are we using these things for the glory of God? Because if we do from this day forward, I fully believe that God will bless us in this place. Let's look to a very familiar passage. Haggai chapter 2 may not be very, very familiar, but let's look to Matthew chapter 25. And for the rest of our time tonight together, I want us to look at four principles of stewardship that we can learn from the story uh, of the parable of the talents. Because stewardship is, is, is what we are responsible for. I think we all understand what a steward is and the, the concept of stewardship, where someone has given you the responsibility of taking care of something that belongs to someone else. And as we live our lives here and we strive for godliness with contentment, what are we searching for? We're searching for those things not to control our lives, the things, the blessings that we have not to control our lives, but us to use those and to control those things for the glory of God. Look at Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 14. The first principle is the principle of ownership. You look at uh, verse 14 and 15 of this parable. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Verse 15, and one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to each according to his own ability and immediate, uh, immediately he went on a journey. Whose talents were they? Were they the servants or were they the masters? Well, I think that we all agree there at the end of verse 14, the talents, even though they were in the possession of the servants, the talents belonged to the master, Correct. And everything that we have today, everything, every, uh, every blessing that we have, whether it be money, whether it be our abilities, our, ta our physical talents that we have, uh, our time, our jobs, the authority, the position of authority that we're placed in, our family, our children, if we're blessed to have children, these are the things that we are responsible for. We are, have been given these things by our master and he is gone and he's left it up to us to make decisions on how he, we use these things. You look at 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 11 and 12 says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and earth is yours. 
Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand uh, it is to make great and to give strength to all. Why do we have the things that we have? He gives us those things so that we might be generous with these things. He gives us our jobs. He gives us our money. He gives us our possessions. He gives us this building. He gives us our homes. He gives us our family. He gives us our children. He gives us everything so that we might use those things to grow his kingdom and to glorify him. So our first principle of being a good steward is the principleship of ownership, that we realize we do not own the things that we're given. They are given to us by God as a gift, just as the master gave the talents to the servants. They were the math, they belonged to him, and now it's up to their, it's their responsibility, it's up to them as to how they are going to use those. Number two is the principle of responsibility. You look at verse 16 through 18, says that when he had received the five talents, he went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained the two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. It's res- we have responsibility. You give someone something, you give your child something and ask them to take care of that. You have a, an expectation, you have a level of expectation that you want from your children. If you are in a position of authority at work and you give someone that works under you a responsibility, we, we don't allow them to make decisions based on things that are outside of what, you, what your expectations are. And so why would we expect God to be any different? If we wouldn't expect, if we wouldn't allow excuses or, uh, or reasons why uh, we can't use the things that we have or, or things that we've been given, if we wouldn't take those excuses or reasons from our children or for people at work who work under us and we have a level of expectation for them, why would we not have that, why would we not expect God to have that same level of expectation from us? So we have a responsibility. We've been given responsibility. And you think about that. You think about, you know, as you give, as your children grow up, you know, as they get older, you give them what? You give them more and more responsibility, right? You allow them to be in charge of something very small when they're young. And you give them chores that you know that they're not going to be able to do maybe to the standard that you want. But as they grow, what happens to your, 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 Uh, expectations for your children your expectations grow right you expect more from them you give them more and more responsibility at at work as you continue work and you work at a place for a longer period of time if you're doing your job well what does your what does your uh, superior do they give you more and more responsibility right why because they have expectations for you look at Romans chapter 4 Verse 11 and 12 says, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. So we have responsibilities with the things that God has given us. He doesn't just give us those and walk away and have no, you know, we have no responsibility for those. 
That brings us to the next one. The next point is the principle of accountability. Look at verse 19 of Matthew 25. It says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. What's the difference between having being responsible for something and being accountable for something? Well, if I'm responsible for something, I'm in the process of taking care of it, right? If I'm a, when I'm accountable is when whatever I've done with it, it's too late. Whatever I've done with it, it's been done and I can't change it, right? And so the responsibility, the principle of responsibility is we are in the process of that right now where we're taking care, if we're raising our children, if we're you know, taking care of you know, anything that we've been given responsibility for, we're in the process of that principle of responsibility. We're using it how we're going to use it. But one day we're going to have to give account for how we use the blessings that God has given us. And I don't know about you, but living in a country like the country that we've been blessed to all be a part of, where we have access to anything and everything at our disposal, that's kind of a scary thought. We're going to have to answer to the, to the Lord one day on how we used all the blessings that we've been given. You think God's going to hear, be patient to listen to excuses on why we couldn't do certain things? Why we couldn't do something and use what he has blessed us with to, you know, because we have everything at our disposal. We have everything, access to everything that we could possibly need to spread the word of God and to talk to people about Jesus. And I think on the day of judgment, I don't think God's going to be too patient with us when we try to make excuses as to why we didn't or why we put it off, or why we chose not to, or why we chose to do something else instead of what we were commanded to do, because we really have nothing hindering us from doing God's work living in this country. And so the difference between responsibility and accountability is accountability is when it's too late. It, we have no chance to make any changes. And on that day of judgment, that's going to happen. And notice also we must manage what he's given us in accordance to his will. Remember, you go back to the very first, who does it belong to? It belongs to, to the master as he leaves. And so how does he, ex, what does he expect when they are accountable, when he returns back from his journey, they're accountable to use those talents the way he expected them to be used, not the way they wanted to use them. Right, And so when we have to have on that day of judgment, when we have to answer for how we've used the blessings that God's given us, it's not based on what we thought they should be used or how they should be used. He's going to judge us based on his criteria of how we use the blessings that he's given us. We must manage what he's given us in accordance with his will and values. We will have to give an account to him for our entire lives based on his criteria and not ours. And sometimes I think that's what we're guilty of, is we're guilty of saying, well, I know that you know, the Bible says this, but this is how I want to use this money that God has given me. Or I want to, to uh, you know, I want to do this and, and use this the way, you know, this ability that God has given me to do things that aren't according to Scripture and according to what God would have us to do and use the blessings that he gives us. You look at Luke chapter 12. 
Verse 47 says, That servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed these things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For every one of whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask more. I think we've all in this room been blessed with a way that we've been given much. And so since we've been given much, including given the, how we use the blessing of having the Bible at our disposal. All of us have access to the Bible. We have multiple Bibles sitting around our houses. We have it on our phones. We have it on our computers, our tablets. We have hard copies. We have different versions. We have, you know, everybody in here has access. There's probably, there's over probably 200, 300 copies of the Bible just in this room right now. And we're going to have to answer to how we used those things. We're going to have, to, we're going to be accountable to what's in there, not what we want it to say, not how we change it to fit our lifestyle or fit what we want it to be, but we're going to be held accountable based on God's standards because it belongs to him. The fourth principle is the principle of reward. Look at verse 20 of Matthew chapter 25. It says, So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of our Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have de deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give to him uh, who has 10 talents. For everyone who has more will be given. And he who has abundance, but from he him who does not have even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We're going to be responsible. We're going to receive the reward that the Lord has deems fit for us. Now, I don't want to say, hesitate to say that we deserve because none of us deserve the reward of heaven. So don't miss, <clears throat> excuse me, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But we are going to be judged based on how we've used what God has left with us. Did we use it for his glory? Did we grow the things, the talents that God has given us? If we, whatever abilities, whatever talents, whatever things that we've been given by God, we're going to have to be accountable for those things. And we're going to receive the reward that the Lord sees fit. Notice the one talent man. He didn't waste it. He didn't go out and, and spend it on things that, that you know, weren't of value. He held on to it. He used the talent. He used what God had given him 
to his discretion and what he felt deemed to be necessary, but that's not what the Lord wanted. That's not what his master wanted. And we're going to have to answer for that one day. So the principle of reward, we're going to be rewarded with, a, with heaven or with hell. Uh, at the end, as we are accountable for the things that we have been given. Look at Colossians 3, verse 23 through 25. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Understand that. On the day that we're going to be accountable for what has been done, there's, no gonna, there's not going to be partiality. He says there in Colossians 3 that those who are good stewards will receive the reward of an, the inheritance that he, he leaves for his followers. But those who are not good stewards will not. So the question I have for you is, are you or am I a faithful steward? We've been given blessings beyond compare. Are we being faithful in the things that we use? You look at the latter verses of Luke chapter 12, verse 42 and 43. It says, the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. When the Lord comes back, whether we pass from this earth uh, before the Lord returns or if the Lord returns while we're living on, here on this earth, we're going to have to answer for how we've used the blessings that God has given us. Everything that you can imagine, everything that you can think of, everything that you've been given, we're going to have to answer for how we've used God's word. We're going to have to have to answer for how we have used uh, our children and taught our children and raised our families and and what kind of spouse that we've been what kind of child that we've been what kind of parent have we been all the things that we've been given we're going to have to answer for how we used our jobs we're going to have to answer for how we used our abilities for the authority that we've been given in certain places we're going to have to answer for all of these things and so my question to you my question to us tonight is am i being a faithful steward one day we're going to have to answer for how we've used those and we're going to have to present to God, to Christ, the things that we have. Are we going to be the first two who, were, who took our talents, took our abilities, took our blessings and gained more and used those for the glory of the master? Or are we sitting and hiding the things that God has given us and using them for our glory? You go back to the passage that we read in 1 Timothy, godliness with contentment is great gain. Where does your contentment come from? Do you use these things for God's glory? Do you control the possessions and the talents and the material blessings that you have? Or do those things control you and they control your thoughts, they control your mind, they control your actions, they control your words in a negative way that does harm to the church? Either way, we're going to have to answer for that. Tonight, we offer the Lord's invitation to give you the opportunity, if you've not become a Christian, to become a Christian, to put the Lord on in baptism, to, for the forgiveness of sins, you have the opportunity to do that. Please, whatever your reason is, whatever your excuse is, 
please put that behind you. Please don't leave here tonight before you make that decision if that is the decision that you need to make. If tonight you realize I've not been a good steward of the things that God has blessed us with, blessed me with, I've not taken care of the things, I've not used them for his glory, but instead they've controlled me and how I live my life, ask for help. Pray to God, whatever, whether you need to do it in private, whether you need to do it publicly, make that change tonight. If there's anything that we can do to assist you, please come now as together we stand and